Exactly, dude. For real. <laughs> so much for you being uh, Sanders vice president. I know, bro. Like, what's up with these fucking? <laughs> what's up with these Democratic candidates? Are these progressives endorsing a non-progressive? Yeah, um, what, literally. What the like, fuck? I'd much rather you fucking do some shit like Elizabeth Warren and not say shit than fucking dude, s- no, try to sweep pussy. the carpet from under the fucking Bernie, you know? Well, dude, whatever. Warren is such a pussy. The fact that she's not saying anything, mm, lost all my respect. We'll never vote for her. Hello and welcome back to the 27th episode of the Oligarchy Disruptor with your host, Bennett Leon. And of course, we have the lovely and busy and driving Ashley Downing. <laughs> Hello. Okay. Hey, guys. Dope. All right. So um, where are you headed, Ash? Ash is in the car. She is on her way. She's a busy working woman. She does not need anyone telling her what to do or where to go, especially on a quarantine <laughs> <laughs> or especially during a stay at home order that is being implemented actually tomorrow. Okay. But, <laughs> but in my defense, in my defense, that's why we're going, right? Because we have to be quarantined. And so we decided this was like actually um, something that me and one of our best friends discussed prior to this going into effect like last week we suspected something like this so we kind of just joked if this were to happen let's all just bunker down together and self-quarantine uh have like a two-week sleepover (laughs) well (laughs) um but i since i um I work for the state of Illinois, and so we have, we are not shutting down, period. So I do have, still have to work from home. And she works in healthcare, um, so she, ha- and at a grocery oh, store. Oh, wow. <laughs> so she has to work oh, also. Wow. But we decided that, hey, we would take advantage of neither of us working this weekend, and so we're just going to go down there until Monday um, and quarantine ourselves for a few days together. We're not going anywhere or anything. We're going to be safe. <laughs> practice our good good great role model what a great role model (laughs) okay dope so um now that we got past that guys Alrighty, so we got a really dope lineup of topics for you guys today we are going to begin by talking about illinois what happened over here um with our governor and him declaring the um not a state of emergency what is it a shelter in place order uh statewide for all Illinoisans for them to stay indoors and not, or try to curb the spread of the coronavirus epidemic. Second, we are gonna talk about some really fucked up shit that once again, our Congress uh, is up to, well, at least a few, a few of its members. And what I mean by that is some senators in the last 48 hours or so have been mm. caught and there's been a lot of reporting done on these senators and the insider trading, they're accused of insider trading and basically what they did is they had, they were already really wealthy people. They had a bunch of stocks, right? And they ended up selling those stocks based on what they learned from being in the positions of power in Congress. Um, so we'll look into that as well. Uh, the last thing we're going to talk about today is uh, the endorsement of Joe Biden by Tulsi Gabbard. Like, who Ooh. saw that fucking shit coming, right? <laughs> but I mean, it is what it is. And... Um, we gotta go along with it, and uh, let's um, we'll we'll see what happens with that. So let's go into the first topic: the coronavirus in Illinois. Um, how is it going? What happened today? Let's start with that. So whoa, yeah. Um, 
I kind of saw this coming, especially after the other two big city states did this, um, California and New York. Um, but basically, Pritzker made an announcement that anybody who is not considered an essential worker uh, has to stay at home. So public transit is still going to run, but they want because because they are considered essential. But they want people who are using the public transit to be limited to the people who are essential workers. So um, like healthcare providers, um, food delivery services will still run. They, it's kind of funny because I feel that businesses have already been doing this. Um, like restaurants are still going to be open for takeout only. Um, laundromats will still remain open. Banks will remain open. So it, there's still a lot of places that are going to be open. This is It's not going to literally be a dead zone when you look outside. You're just going to see straw rolling across the road like that that's not what this is um but I definitely do think that it's a it's a very necessary precaution and it's something that if we the longer we wait the more cases that we're just going to end up having and in Chicago that's a really big deal because we are already so close together mm-hmm What's the population of the population of Chicago? Isn't it like six million or eight million? Oh my gosh, I do not know, but I would not be surprised if it was not around that the, the, that number. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean that's pretty. It's pretty big. Um, and another thing that I thought was pretty interesting is that um, a new study out of the CDC finds that 38 percent uh, of the people that have uh, coronavirus as of right now are people within the ages of 20 to 54. Wow. Yeah. So they're mostly like younger people. I, um, well, younger people that we wouldn't expect to necessarily like get it or be healthy. You know, I know they're expected to survive it. Um, although, of course, we know some won't. But the, the problem is not that they get it, but that they walk around and spread it, spreading it without knowing it. That's the bane. That's a big problem. Because as we know, like Definitely. this shit's like in you for like two weeks, and you can't like. There's like little to no symptoms, and you're just going around infecting everybody. Like because this is airborne. It la- how long is it in the air for? Like hours, like three hours or some shit like that. Oh my gosh, I did not hear that. Yeah, it can last in the air for like three hours. It can um, the on surface areas it's uh it can survive for like up to three days i believe um wow like that crazy like they should have like shut down all that like tra- like public transportation like all those like things that people a lot of people use and touch and like uh recycle like that those those places should have been immediately like shut down or like heavily like regulated and sterilized yeah i mean because of such things in areas like Chicago, it's just, I mean, almost impossible to close public transportation. That's the thing. I mean, that's something that a majority of our uh, employees rely on to get to yeah. their jobs. Um, and Chicago has a lot of hospitals. And I, I know personally people who work at hospitals that take the L uh, every day. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like it would be hard for them to do that. But that's why I think this lockdown is important because now you are only going to have those essential people on the train or on the bus, you know, 
um, hopefully. People that have People to go to work. Listening. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But and they did say, too, um, not that they're pushing this or anything, but and they're, they're hoping that by making this announcement um, to the stay-at-home order that people will listen. Um, but they said that they police are allowed to walk up to people and ask them, you know, what they're doing if they're walking around um, on the street or if they're, you know, whatever. If they seem like they're loitering or maybe not even loitering is the right word, but uh, if they don't seem like they're an essential personnel and they're just walking around. Granted, you can go to the grocery store. Obviously, those will still be open and things like that, but they just don't want people randomly walking around um, in, in, in groups of people. I think those, that's probably something else. Maybe they would approach you if you were, you and, you know, six of your friends were hanging out in Chicago. They would probably discourage that. I wonder what they would think about you going to Bloomington with your, your little buddies. Oh my gosh. It's just, <laughs> you're, oh my goodness. I promise to our listeners, I am taking this very seriously. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm totally kidding. Um, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it, it should be taken very seriously because like it is a very serious matter. Like we're a lot of lives are actually at stake. Um, yeah. And uh, I know you're very aware of it and like have been taking like extra precautions and like shit like that. And like, like I know my hands are actually super fucking dry. I've been telling my roommates and stuff like I actually like my hands burn every time like I'm That's washing so my funny. hands now because like they're so dry like the warm water like burns it when I like <laughs> uh, wash my hands and stuff but that's uh, just one of the things that I'm just, I just feel like I'm such a germaphobe like I can't handle like knowing that like I'm gonna like freak out I already told my roommates I'm gonna like ultra sterilize like my house um, when I'm off on Sunday so um, oh my gosh this stay at home order coming. is probably like amazing for you you're so excited you're not gonna be out with other germs yes yes um although like i don't usually typically freak out unless there's like something going on like this um i'm not saying that i'm freaking out right now either but i don't like walking around knowing that like i can literally be breathing on other people and catch some fucking virus that's like (laughs) fucked up you know (laughs) and that virus will like oh my god live inside of me for two weeks and kill like people that i love so fuck that you know like that's what scares me definitely but I mean, it is what it is. I think our governor did the right thing. I think that although everybody in our state, I've definitely heard calls from people in our state that saying that the governor has no fucking clue what he's doing, that he should like resign. What? And like, yeah, dude, like uh, just, I mean, these are like ordinary people, not necessarily like uh, people like within, like within, like a lot of influence or whatever in the news or whatnot, but honestly, though, I think in general, I think that JV, he he really waited as long as he could have. He is, Illinois is the last big state, big city state um, that has called for a stay-at-home order. And I think that the fact that he first closed restaurants and bars and things like that, you know, he tried other things before gyms doing too. this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, gyms. Um, and so... I, and he's, he constantly has been bringing the number of people that you should allot in a, in a room together down. 
um, from two, I know it started at like a thousand to two hundred, then to like something like a hundred, and then uh, I think twenty is what it ended up. And um, I think it's still at twenty, or maybe it's. Oh no, I think the last time was six that um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that they said was six because um, so I I heard someone joking. Well shit that's how many people are in my family (laughs) i guess we all have to be in different rooms but um for real i mean i think he did a a lot of the the measures that he could every measure he could have done before deciding to do this shout out to me i think he did a good job as well um overall although the only thing i don't i don't agree with that that he not necessarily that he did but that he didn't act against or didn't try to stop was the Illinois primary itself on Tuesday. Me too. Agreed. Because, like, that is actually really fucked up. Like, you said it yourself, like, we're... Well, Chicago is the third largest city, city in the country, and we're, the like, the last big, like, city state to, like, not... not have that, like, stay in uh, shelter-in-place order. Um, but, like... That was a huge risk to our citizens, you know, like to other Illinoisans. Like you can't have, like they're, we're literally in the middle of a fucking crisis and we all knew it. Like everyone's been blowing up in the news about it. Like the people, everything, everybody knew about this, but yet we're going to have a primary. We're going to have all these thousands of people and millions of people literally all over the state go to these polling places all touch the same screens like yeah granted some places did have like little like sanitizing wipes and like other things and they practice social distancing like cool little measures like that but that's not enough dude like yeah. we can't have that kind of situation like that's fucked up on a state level because they didn't stop that that like and go- the governor didn't stop that um and on uh especially for the dnc they were actually pushing states there and they actually they threatened to punish them if they did that uh, like for example ohio when ohio went against the the judge's decision the federal judge's decision not to um not to stop their primary and he said fuck that like this is a crisis i'm gonna stop this right now and he did that the dnc what they're gonna do to uh to to that state is they're they're actually removing some of the delegates from that's going to be awarded out of Ohio. What? So they're punishing them because they uh, they are more they are more conscious of the crisis at the wow. time. So this just goes again, once again, to prove prove to the people that they don't give a fuck about what you actually care about. They will risk even your health, your grandma's health, your dad's health, everyone, everyone you know. All of these voters, they'll risk them all just to show that. Um, well, really, I have no fucking clue what, why they would want this other than just chaos and not to have yeah, a good voter turnout. I mean, like maybe... Basically, to have, like, usually when good voter turnout happens, like, those progressive candidates win. But, like, well, obviously, that didn't happen this time around. Do... I think it has to do with money as well. I mean, they probably spent a decent amount of money preparing for this primary and then for it to not happen, I'm sure that that would cost them something. Who gives a fuck though? I Who gives agree. a fuck when it's your lives? Like when it comes Completely to lives. Agree. Like caution to be a it's thing. Sad. Like that's why like 
they're trying to do the same thing like when they're talking about coronavirus on like the on a national level like when you're talking about cost like at a time like this are you fucking kidding me like are you really gonna bring up cost right now when you printed 1.5 trillion dollars in games to the banks <laughs> right, and, exactly. and wall street and all that shit i know you granted you're giving us money now too but like what the fuck are you kidding me <laughs> This is a great segue into um, these senators, what they are, what they schemed up with their money. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think you're right. So what um, what we're going to talk about is a few senators have been caught and what they were caught doing was uh, they were in violation of the stock act. So uh, it all started with a senator named uh, Richard Burr. Um, and I'll also mention uh, Kelly Loeffler, I believe her name is as well. She's another senator, a GOP senator. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both have investigations mounting against them. Um, but basically, these two senators, uh, Senators Richard Burr and Kelly Loeffler, um, they, had, they have potential violations against the 2012 Stock Act that was signed by Barack Obama. And actually, really, uh, a really fun fact is Burr actually voted against it uh, when he was in the Senate uh, eight years ago. So he voted Hilarious. against the Stock Act. That's going to like now try to fuck him. I, and, we, and we can see why, right? So um, both of these senators hold powerful commi- committee assignments. And they both dumped millions of dollars of stock ahead of the recent coronavirus-induced pan- uh, market panic. By Friday, the the two of them uh, faced deep criticism from their uh, actions, and the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics, or CRU, filed a complaint against them with the Senate Ethics Committee, saying that the sale uh, the sales possibility uh, wait, the sales possibi- possibly um, violated the Stock Act, an insider trading ban for members of Congress. And what insider trading is for not everybody that knows is it's basically like trading a public company stock or other securities um, based on like material uh, or some kind of material or non-public information about the company. So basically they use like the private information that they knew as like holding these powerful committee assignments. um, And they use that information and then sold their, uh, what they had in the stock market. using the those that knowledge that they had so burr which is the chairman of the cell the senate intelligence committee sold off between six hundred twenty eight thousand dollars and 1.72 million dollars of his holdings on february 13th ProPublica found um some of his largest transactions involved shares of hotel chains that would lose between one half and two thirds of their value in the economic turbulence weeks later. So that's just crazy to see. Like he basically jumped ship before the whole thing sank. So um, that as of course we know that's very fucked up to use. And then what's all more fucked up is that these same people, you know, were like dumping their stocks, selling money, making millions off of their millions, while at the same time they were telling normal everyday people don't worry about it the stock market's gonna bounce back this is a resilient market like all this shit but that's fucked up and this should once again go to show the people that no matter who they are they will work against you 
Democrat, Republican, yeah. it doesn't matter, you know? Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and continue on with Leffler now. But she sits on the Senate Committee with oversight of the healthcare industry. Uh, and she unloaded between 1.275 million and $3.1 million in stocks uh, that she jointly owns with her husband, which is the chairman of the New York Stock Exchange. So yeah, that's, that's crazy. Right um, there. That should be illegal. Yeah, definitely. Just them being um, in their positions and being and, married. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So, so what they said uh, to kind of defend themselves uh, about it. So in a statement Friday, Burr said that his decision relied on public reporting, but called for an ethics inquiry into the matter. Yeah. Um, so he's basically like, he's trying to start like, okay, like I'm not doing anything bad here, but let's see what actually fucking happens when they look into it. Leffler actually said in a statement that her investments are controlled by a third party advisor and that she was unaware of the trains. Oh, well, I haven't heard that one before. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Can't say I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> um, but um, once again, guys, just like when is this shit gonna end? Like Democrat, Republican, and like with, in this example, those were two um, Republicans that we saw, right? But um, as we found out, I believe earlier today, I found out that. The, one of the other senators that have done this is Senator Diane Feinstein of um, California. And um, so this senator, Diane Feinstein, Feinstein of uh, California, and three of her colleagues, they sold all of their stocks worth millions of dollars in the days before the outbreak crashed the market. Um, she herself sold between, uh, well, she owns them, I guess, with her husband. Um, and she also sits on the Senate Judiciary Committee, which is a very powerful committee in the Senate. And uh, she herself sold between 1.5 and $6 million in stock in California, um, which is mostly in a biotech company called Allogene Therapeutics uh, between January 31st and February 18th. So um, that, that just goes once again, once again, guys, to show like, these people don't give a fuck about you and they'll lie to your face and they'll tell you you can't do it but they'll they'll turn right around and sell everything that they sell have um, with all the confidence that they know yeah exactly they will jump ship if if this was the <laughs> titanic guys just know that they would go on first they would push you and your family off first and say that i'm like important i'm a congressman i'm a senator blah 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 and they would definitely, I, I, I could yeah. definitely see that shit happening with a lot of Congress people. Like if they, if we had like all of Congress on like the Titanic and like normal everyday citizens, oh I gosh, wonder how that so shit funny. would play out. Like I could totally see like Bernie Sanders, like helping everybody. Come on guys, like, let's like, uh, like, <laughs> like grab all the boats and like, let's work together and like, let's save everybody. And then there's like this fucking like GOP senators like fuck you guys I'm I'm out of this bitch and then like they take like they just take their girl and like their five like their fucking five mistresses and they're like I'm out this bitch and you're so funny I could totally see that happening but uh, whatever Um, unless you have something to comment on let's 
move on to the next topic, which is Tulsi Gabbard endorsing uh, oh my Joe Biden. Literally, when I texted you about that yesterday, I was fuming, fuming. I do not understand why everybody keeps endorsing Joe Biden. And now Tulsi Gabbard, a woman who we were talking about in, I don't know, probably three episodes we mentioned this, her possibly being... Bernie Sanders vice president and I don't know in 2016 she totally backed Bernie Sanders like whoa she not she not only backed him she was the vice chair of the Democratic National Committee yeah and she resigned she resigned to drop him uh, she dropped out to fucking endorse him she resigned to endorse him because she saw the fucked up shit that was happening in 2016 around that time frame to his campaign and she's like I want no part of this shit and dropped it's out just designed and endorsed ridiculous him. to me this was the last time or the last person that I would think would endorse Joe Biden I mean I I didn't I I don't think I still do not believe that Warren will endorse Joe Biden but I really do not think Tulsi Gabbard would I cannot believe this I really was disappointed I can't say that I wasn't either. Um, I I can definitely say that I did not expect Tulsi Gabbard to do that because of their close relationship with uh, Senator Sanders and like like you had mentioned earlier that she had endorsed him before. But uh, once again, I just can't help but like feel like backstab because she's just another. Exactly. She's one of the few progressives that are that were in the race. So every endorsement from a progressive to another progressive only not only makes sense policy wise, but like it further helps their like them along too, like further on the road. So um, like I said, like I, I really didn't see this coming. I it kind of hurts to see Tulsi Gabbard um, do that to Bernie Sanders. But I mean, uh, a lot of them are, actually most of them are doing that, you know? Like the only other candidate that I think that was a progressive endorsed Bernie was Marianne Williamson. Yeah. But no one else has really stood their ground with him. And um, it's starting to have like a pretty profound impact on this campaign. Um, It's starting to lose momentum. I can only imagine that his donations are kind of like stagnating right now. Um, although, I, of course, it's only going off face value. But I, I have a general sense that his campaign is losing traction and losing steam. Me too. So, I mean, very, very fast, you know. So, even among his own supporters. Yeah, I think he's going to so stop like, oh, at his campaign, unfortunately. I can see it happening soon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can I can see that too. But uh, I mean, we we will wait back and see when that happens. Until that time, I am going to be behind Bernie Sanders, pushing him. I think what he's trying to do right now, like I think he also kind of realizes that his campaign is stagnating. I don't. I think he's Loki trying to win, but at the same time, he's also focusing on pushing the candidate once again the mainstream candidate to the left like he did to hillary clinton in 2016 pushing her on topics like um health care 
like having a, li a livable wage, uh, equal pay for equal work, uh, legalizing marijuana, like all these like basic things, Medicare for all. Like he's, I think what he, his main mission in this is to push along the other candidates. Like I feel like Tulsi Gabbard's, Tulsi Gabbard's place was. She was basically there to try to, even though she wasn't really making a dent at any point really, she was basically there to push along the other candidates to the left and have that voice, that progressive voice on the debate stage, pushing all these other candidates uh, in the right direction. Huh. Thoughts? That Tulsi was that person? That? Yeah, do you think that that's, uh, that that's how it was? I mean, no? yes and no. I mean, I think that she is still somebody... I think she's more noticed now because she was running for president, but I don't think that she was given as much time on the debate stage as she should have. And for that reason, I don't really see her as being somebody who really influenced other candidates to look, push to the left um, or, like, more progressive. But I don't know, maybe because she has stayed in it the longest. Um, and she... She called... I don't know if you remember these, like, in the debates and shit. She fucking straight went after these people. Like, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. Yeah. Like, do you remember those, like, really, like... Tulsi Gabbard was one of the only people that would, like, say it straight to their fucking faces yeah. and go after them on I these, like, hard topic issues. Not even things like Bernie Sanders and anybody else would go after, you know? So, like... That's where I kind of, like, base that Yeah, I can see that. I, I mean, I feel like as the debates went on, everybody kind of did that to each other. Um, but, I mean, That's you're true. right, though. I think that the fact that she was, um, or, yeah, that she was the last progressive to stay in it. I mean, basically, if you were to take the last three people that were standing, um, there was two. there were two progressives and a moderate. I mean, so the progressives did outweigh the moderates so I mean and maybe in, in that way she was kind of giving more of a voice to the progressives I'm um, saying like hey you know we're here we're here to stay we're not going anywhere um so yeah I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with what you said I guess actually um yeah the, she can be interpreted in a lot of ways um although I, I like I also agree with what you said that like she wasn't really given a chance really um and that's basically on the part of like the oh, media more so um, uh -huh. than the actual people themselves. And um, what's it called? And Hillary Clinton and other establishment candidates calling her like a Russian <laughs> asset and stuff. Like, uh, and uh, as we all know, Tulsi Gabbard is actually suing yeah. Hillary Clinton because of that. Um, she has a defamation lawsuit uh, that she damaged her reputation and shit like that uh, with lies. So we'll see where that lawsuit goes uh we'll see to the extent of which the empire the clintons can go and how powerful they can be um which we know they are a formidable force but we'll see where that lawsuit ends up uh we know that hillary is a crooked ass bitch we don't need uh we don't need any judge to tell us <laughs> otherwise Alrighty, let's wrap it up there once again guys thank you so much for listening to this podcast uh, it means the world to Ashley and I. Your word of mouth is our oxygen. So thank you guys for that. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us that five-star rating. If you got any kind of 
value or you learned anything from this podcast or this episode specifically, we would love to hear back from you. Uh, let us know what you think on there. Uh, you can also follow us on face, uh, Facebook at the Oligarchy Disruptor podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Ben the Disruptor and you can find Ashley at Ash the Disruptor. And uh, please, guys, make sure you do your part. Vote your conscience. Do what you're supposed to do. It's your civic duty. People have died for your your right to vote. Of course, everyone grows up knowing that. But it's not something that's really widely taken advantage of, especially in the United States, in which we know for a fact that the majority of Americans do not participate in our elections. And that's what's part of the problem and really leads to a fundamental shift in the how well well, in how our country really operates on a day-to-day basis so please guys vote your conscience vote in your own best interest do your research do your due diligence don't just go and vote for joe biden because you remember his name or bernie sanders just because you vote you know that he's that old guy in the race that wants free health care or something like that you know like do like go for something policy-based you know go for those things that go for those things that actually mean something don't go and not vote for bernie sanders because you don't like the way his supporters talk like that's fucking stupid that's like beyond dumb and if you're one of those people um, you need to realign your shit because you can't go after the voters. You can't go after the candidate because of how they're, how people they can't control the millions of his supporters are like behaving online. So that's absolutely fucking ridiculous. But once again, guys, I'm just going to wrap it up here. Thank you again for listening to this podcast and we will see you next time.